Welcome to This Week in the State Line, a conversation with the local people and local topics you care about. Well, good morning and welcome. We've got Cassie Stewart from United Way coming in to talk this morning about Reunited. So tell us a little bit about how United Way is helping out the community, Cassie. Sure. Well, thanks so much for for having me on. Um, We're excited this Reunited event is exactly that, helping the community out, really helping small businesses out. Uh, we were, uh, in April, supposed to have a 100-year gala, and of course that, that date came and went, and we were unable to, to do that. So the idea came about that, you know, restaurants are really obviously hurting through all of this. Could we still do an event um, where we're helping out local restaurants and still have 500 and some of our closest friends <laughs> together, but safely? Um, following all the guidelines. So that's how Reunited came about. And we thought, what better day to do it than on 815-815 Rockford. Sure. You know, so that's that's Reunited in a nutshell. So Reunited on August 15th, which just happens to be 815 Day, which, beautiful planning, by the way. I love that. <laughs> um, so what does Reunited mean in local restaurants? How does it all tie in to me, if I'm a listener right now, what I can do to help? Sure. So we have um, 11 local restaurants that are taking part in Reunited, and each restaurant uh, can host up to 50 people. Again, staying within the the state guidelines, the CDC guidelines, talking with Winnebago County Health Department. So what you do is you buy your ticket to one of the restaurants for the evening, and that's where you go for dinner. But we have a program, too, so we're syncing in everyone through a live stream. You know, the, the, the beauty of technology, we can all connect through live stream. So we'll have a little program um, that we can, you know, talk a little bit about our 100 years, United Way. But, again, mainly it's, it's to help out the, the restaurants um, so that they can, you know, get some business um, and that we can, again, come together safely. Oh, so it's dinner and a show. Dinner and a show. <laughs> Why didn't we think of that? We should have called it that. Uh, on August 15th, 815 Day with United Way, the reunited event at local restaurants. Cassie, can you run down some of the restaurants Absolutely. that are participating? Absolutely. So we have got Abreu, um, and actually that one sold out, I'm sorry to say, but um, Giovanni's, Green Fire, uh, Hoffman House, and I think that's where you'll be, Steve. That's where I'm going to be, yep. yes. Yep. So we've, we've enlisted all of uh, the media um, types like you to help us out with the show part of it. So we'll have someone at each one. Um, Lino's is a part of it. Uh, let's see, Lucha Cantina, Ali Oop, the Olympic Tavern, Five Forks Market. So there's a lot of, of um, options. And if you go onto our Eventbrite site to get your tickets, you can see what the menus are, and they have gone above and beyond on their menus on what on what they're serving that night. So it'll be a, a you know really nice dinner, really nice way to come together. Um, that's why we call it reunited. And again, it will be social distancing at these restaurants, correct? Yes. Again, we're we're just working every day. We're on the phone with with the, the county right. health department, making sure we're. In fact, we talked to them yesterday, and they said, "Oh yes, reunited. You're the ones who are doing it right." <laughs> <laughs> so we liked hearing that. Um, social distancing guidelines, we will have, um, you know, um, ask people to bring their masks or we'll have some there available too. I think you have to, we'll have signs up of like what, what is expected 
I think it's you don't have to wear it when you're sitting down. We won't have, you know, this isn't your typical gala where you're coming in, sitting 10 to a table. It'll be some of the restaurants will have, like, we can seat four here, some we can seat six. Um, you know, we're just, it's a new normal, right? So we're making sure that we're we're following the guidelines within like what each restaurant can accommodate to make sure that we're keeping everyone safe. All right. So you mentioned the Eventbrite website to buy tickets for these events before they sell out. What is the address for that? Do you know? The best way to do that is to go to unitedwayrrv.org. Unitedwayrrv. RRV, Rock River Valley. Mm-hmm. .org. .org. Which org. Is our website. You can go to our Facebook page as well. But go there, and front and center will be the, the way to get to Eventbrite to purchase tickets. Very cool. So that's how you can celebrate 815 Day, by helping out our local restaurants, whom seem to be hit the hardest from day one. Right. Um, you mentioned that you were going to have a April big shindig, I guess you would say. And you were going to be the first organization to utilize the new conference center at the embassy in downtown Rockford, correct? That's right. And we are still going to be there for, for Reunited. Um, but that one, that location is, is we have that filled as well. That's um, we have so many wonderful sponsors, right. um, and so we put a lot of our sponsors there. Woodward is our presenting sponsor. Associated Bank is our next one. We have um, just everyone's been great. So and through you've reunited, and the money that is generated from this is that going to be utilized in the community? What we'd love to do, yes, is we've um, for the projects and programs of United Way. If, if you know the, the main goal was to help out the restaurants, and okay. so that's our main uh, objective. Mm-hmm. If there is money raised from this, it will go to our projects and programs. Our our move the middle initiative um, will be kicking off campaign very soon. And you know we we had done a, a COVID emerging needs um, fund, um, which people just stepped up like crazy and just helped out with that. Um, so now we're pivoting back to. You know, as we help agencies recover, we are pivoting back to our Move the Middle um, initiative, which is um, helping middle schoolers, which, let me tell you, they're going to need a lot of um, support now with however school ends up opening. All right, so UnitedWayRRV.org or the United Way Facebook page to get your tickets. You can link up that way and be a part of Reunited coming up on 815 Day, August 15th, which is a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. And we keep saying reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. Wow. I hope you're the only one saying that, but it's very cute, very clever. <laughs> right. It's a new normal, so um, we're just trying to go with the flow and and find a way to to come together, but safely. <laughs> so my question is the uh, Facebook aspect, the Internet part of it. So we're going to do uh, Facebook breaks from each one of these restaurants on 815 Day? Not Facebook, but we are live streamed. Live streamed, so, okay. So there'll be um, uh, screens at each one. So we'll do a couple breaks, like we'll do a, a toast at the beginning for everyone at each location to be a part of. So that's where you come in, helping us with that. And then um, we'll have a little, you know, short um, program um, where we have a couple speakers. And um, a, a, like, you're right, though, with the show, we have a, a, um, a retrospective on United Way to show, and Woodward will be. You know, Woodward's celebrating their 150th, so they thought this would be a great opportunity to um, be a part of it. Because, you know, we're celebrating our 100th, they're celebrating their 150th, so they'll have a retrospective movie. We'll have one very short. And where will that live stream be shown? Um, at every location. 
I so it's for the for the attendees. Got it. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. That's what my yeah. confusion was. So it's at yep. each yeah, location. For the attendees. Beautiful. Yeah. So you need to be part of this. You need to be a part of this by getting your tickets now. Okay. They are on sale now at Eventbrite website, or you better buy, just go through unitedawayrrv.org. Yeah, that's the easiest way. All right. Well, thank you so much, Cassie. Appreciate you calling and checking in and letting us know about how we can celebrate 815 Day properly. Well, thank you, and thanks for being a part of it. We look forward to socially distancing with you at 8.15. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. More of This Week in the State Line continues in a moment. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning. It's Steve Summers. We're talking to Sierra Kellen of the Family Peace Center, the brand new Family Peace Center that just opened up. Good morning, Sierra. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad that we have a place now to go, the Family Peace Center, for those who are in troubling situations. So why don't we just open up the field to you, Sierra? Tell us where is the Family Peace Center and what's the purpose of the building? Awesome. Yeah, so we are located in downtown Rockford, right across from the Coronado Performing Arts Center. We're at 315 North Main Street in Rockford, uh, and we can be reached at 779-348-7600. And we serve survivors of domestic violence, sexual violence, child abuse, elder abuse, and trafficking. The idea is a one-stop shop uh, to get all of the services that a survivor and their family might need uh, to get back on their feet, to get safe, um, and to have some hope. So uh, we have a variety of service providers that are working from the center, everyone from counselors and advocates to attorneys, prosecutors, law enforcement officers, uh, kind of everything you can imagine uh, so that we can uh, really help survivors uh, get what they need to be safe. I imagine a ton of counselors, too. Is that all like uh, they're volunteering their times? So we're working with a lot of nonprofit agencies that already provide these great services in the community. They're just relocating some of their staff into the Family Peace Center so that we can all do a coordinated effort uh, to serve the survivor and their family. All right. I imagine with the pandemic, the numbers are staggering, getting higher every day, too. Yes, absolutely. I think the the pandemic has put strain on everyone, economically speaking, uh, certainly everyone's mental health uh, with kind of uncertain times. And so we have seen an an increase across the country in domestic violence. Um, And, you know, for many survivors, if they're at home and the abusive person is also in the home with them, that's a very um, unsafe environment. And so um, during the age of of COVID, we are providing virtual services um, so we can do phone calls, we can do Zoom calls with survivors. But if that's not a safe option, they're welcome to schedule an appointment to come down to the center. We'll mask and we'll keep a safe social distance, um, sanitize, temperature check, all those good things uh, to, to prioritize people's health but also serve them in a safe place. We are talking to Sierra from the Family Peace Center. So if I'm a victim of domestic violence, uh, do I have to have insurance or do I just call or show up? Nope, you don't need insurance. Uh, majority of our services are at no cost. The couple organizations that might do a fee-for-service um, are working with us in order to, to provide services to everyone who needs it. So um, you don't need insurance to come here. It won't cost you anything. Um, feel free to give us a call and then we'll assess the situation and connect the survivor to uh, the agencies or the um, 
services that they need. So if I suspect I know someone who is being abused, how do, do I turn them in or do they have to step forward themselves? It's really up to the survivor. Uh, we want everything to be survivor driven. So um, if you know somebody or have someone you care about that's experiencing domestic violence, you can call. If you just need uh, some advice from somebody about how to have that conversation, how to support that person, and if you have that conversation with your, your friend or loved one who's experiencing domestic violence, you can call with them if that's what they would like to do um, as a support person, and we'll help you all navigate uh, kind of next steps. All right, again, one more time. Where's this building located at the Family Peace Center? The Family Peace Center is located right across from the Coronado Performing Arts Center at 315 North Main Street in Rockford. Now, some people would say that's a parking lot. That's where that parking ramp is. That's right. So actually on the back side of that parking lot on Wyman Street, you can come right in and park at no cost. And then we're right on ground level on Main Street. So not the tall Supply core building, but on the other side of the parking garage, it's a first floor space. Um, and our door is right on Main Street, the corner of North Main and Park Avenue. All right. So that building was uh, donated or secured by the city. There were a lot of contractors that made this place very, very uh, peaceful. That's right. Yeah. So we uh, partnered with many businesses and organizations in the community. The trades have donated all the labor to renovate the space. The north end of our building is uh, being outfitted with a reception space, two intake rooms, uh, one of our partner agencies, counseling room, a child care space, a teen space and a living room space that will sort of serve as a waiting area. And then in evening hours, we'll offer classes and support groups in that space as well. Sounds just amazing. Uh, Family Peace Centers, are you familiar of having such facilities in other cities in our country, or is Rockford, like, trailblazing here? Yeah, so we're the first in Illinois, but the model actually was developed out of San Diego back in 2002, and there's about 130 centers across the country. Uh, The nearest one to us is in Milwaukee, and they've provided us a lot of support along the way in terms of our planning and development of the center. Uh, So we're really excited to be able to offer one in Illinois. And this hasn't been open very long. It's been open for just over a week or so, correct? That's correct. So we started taking calls on Monday, um, and so we've been able to help several folks uh, with services and um, making sure that they can stay safe um, in their situation, and uh, we look forward to continuing to serve more. Were you surprised how quickly people responded to the Family Peace Center? You know, we've been talking with the community. We've done many community listening sessions. We've reached out to talk directly with survivors who have experienced domestic violence in the past. And all of them said, open as soon as you can. This would have made such a difference if it were around when I was in my situation. And so uh, we really wanted to do this as quickly as possible and as well as possible. So, you know, in some ways I've been surprised by the diversity of needs that have come uh, to our phone lines. But at the same time, we knew that survivors were waiting for us to open. And so that first day, uh, the the first phone call came in at 8.01 a.m. So we knew folks were waiting uh, to get services. Unbelievable. What a blessing for our community. So the Family Peace Center right across from the Coronado. Uh, best way to get a hold of you if I'm in need is by the phone or just walking in? Yep. So you can call us at 779 348 7600. 7600. Thank you so much for your time, Sierra. And. Uh, 
gosh, I hate to say it. I hope you have a wonderful business, but I'd, I'd rather see it closed. But at least we have a place to go now. Absolutely. Yeah, we always say our goal is to work ourselves out of a job, but as long as there's need, we'll be here. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, thank you so much, Sierra, and have a great day. Thank you. This weekend, the state line continues in a moment. The National Runaway Safe Line helps keep America's runaway, homeless, and at-risk youth safe and off the streets. We're here to help 24 hours a day, 365 days a year through the 800 Runaway Hotline, as well as online services at 1-800-RUNAWAY.ORG. Well, good morning. It's time for This Week in the State Line, and we're talking with our good friend Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara once again today. Good morning, sir. How are you? Steve, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great. Um, just want to let you know that I am on vacation next week, so this will be our talk for this week. <laughs> Enjoy, Steve. Much deserved. So let's start off with you being in the headlines because protesters came by your house. Um, did that incident really happen? And if you want to touch on that, that would be great. Yeah, so thank you, Steve. It, it certainly did happen. I think it was Saturday night. Uh, they were outside my house, and right when they got there, uh, you know, uh, when you come to my home, uh, you're coming to a home that uh, have a wife that I don't deserve and two kids that, thank God, look like her. Uh, and <laughs> we came out um, because it's our home. And I told them I'm happy to talk to them at any time, just not going to talk to them at my house and specifically not going to talk to them at 9.15 at night at my house. I think that's well said. And uh, the incident was just a, a couple of minutes, right? It didn't last very long. So they were, uh, me and my wife being outside talking to them lasted just a minute or two. Uh, but they were outside my house for about 30 minutes. Uh, that's borderline, you know, bullying at that point, right? Uh, well, they're not going to bully me, but they... Uh, it was a little upsetting or disappointing, I should say, not upsetting. So it was disappointing that, you know, after dozens of times asking them to come and meet with me that they choose to come to my home. Uh, that's disappointing. Yeah. On a Saturday night, you said late in the evening. So come to my house anytime I think is inappropriate, uh, especially since I've offered numerous, numerous times to meet with them. And those conversations will continue. You're giving multiple opportunities for discussion about anything for the city. Oh, we have had really formal sessions that are public, formal sessions that are private, and then I have met with, at this point, nearly uh, well over 100 individuals. Uh, I have met with dozens of organizations and groups, and we'll continue to do it. It's, we need this meaningful dialogue. Uh, we are working towards substantive, meaningful, long-lasting change in our community, and I certainly respect the right of anyone to protest uh, because it, we often get a lot of action from protests. It's just when those protests become illegal uh, or is where I will be drawing the line. And, and as you said, you always have an open-door policy. It's just the office door, not your home. That's right. That's a great way to wrap that up. Uh, COVID-19, where do we stand here as we get into the brand-new month of August? Yeah, so, Steve, there's been a lot kind of transpiring across the state and even here locally. So a couple of things. Last week uh, I came together with a number of business organizations, small business owners, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Visitor Convention Bureau, uh, the hospitality and leisure industry, the Hotel Association, to all say everyone needs to wear their face covering. It's the number one thing that we know we can do to stop the spread of uh, COVID-19. And uh, where we're at right now, about 10, 12 days ago, we had a, pos a rolling seven-day positivity rate of about 2.7%, which is great. And right now... As of last night, we were at 3.9. So we're still in a good position, uh, but it's 
really not good to see that positivity rate uh, clicking up. Um, also, I know many people are disappointed that the governor came out and stated that a number of youth sports would have to be either canceled or postponed. Um, and but and we're just reviewing all of that data and information that they provided to us yesterday. I wasn't aware that that was coming out, but uh, I do understand why that is coming out uh, for the concern of the case numbers increasing across the state. And with school being a big topic right now, people thinking about going back to school and such, and have you been hearing from the teachers union and the superintendent about what we're going to be doing in the fall? So I meet with Aaron Jarrett, the superintendent of schools, on a regular basis every three or four weeks. So I've certainly heard from him, and I, I know he's putting a lot of time and energy to make sure that uh, the plans that they put in place uh, are safe for students, uh, employees, and teachers, uh, that they are putting an emphasis on the social-emotional well-being of students as well as academic uh, attainment of students. And so he he's really in a tough spot. I mean, really anything he does, uh, like so many decisions all of us are facing these days, you're really deciding between two or three bad decisions and what is least bad. Uh, from the teachers' union, I have spoken with the teachers' union, and I certainly saw the most recent survey of the teachers' union, and I am uh, getting inundated by parents and concerned citizens about schools. And uh, there really is no easy decision at this point, um, and I think it's going to be... You know, time will tell as we move forward and get closer and closer to school opening, uh, how that will all transpire. It's it's an ebb and flow effect. I mean, you're not going to have any definitive answers until it starts, and then that may change, too. So I think you're right, Stephen. I mean, one thing we've learned with COVID is uh, since it's a novel virus, it, it changes every day. And our case count can dramatically increase in literally 24 to 72 hours. And so... To plan out ahead, uh, that is the task at hand, but it is really a monumental task and one that there really is no good answer for right now. Another town hall is on the schedule, I see, for, what, August 11th, and this one will be featuring in on neighborhoods. I'm a little confused. What does that mean? It's kind of vague for me. Okay, yeah. So uh, August 11th, 530, we are going to be talking about the work that the city of Rockford and many of our partners are doing in neighborhoods. I really believe that how our neighborhoods go is how the city goes. We need to make sure that we're uplifting all neighborhoods. So the city has been doing a lot. We have increased the amount of money that we're putting towards infrastructure in our neighborhoods. We have, uh, we're in a five-year agreement with ComEd to change all of our sodium-based lights to LED lights in our neighborhoods to brighten up our neighborhoods, increase that uh, perception and reality of safety, and improve aesthetics. We are de- we are taking blight out of our neighborhoods. We're taking down about 80 to 100 homes that are blighted properties each year. We have then created a land bank, uh, and we have been the biggest advocate for the change in the trustee program, the Winnebago County trustee program, among other things that we're doing to help uh, build and uh, build upon our neighborhoods. 
to make sure that they are safe uh, places that everyone in our community can be proud to live in. So it's not just going to be about structural. Will there also be conversations about, I guess, safety, police response, and fire response and such? It will be a little bit more about neighborhoods uh, and about uh, the structures of neighborhoods and also the what residents can do in neighborhoods. We did do a public safety forum. Uh, I'm guessing anytime you talk about neighborhoods, you will also talk about public safety. But the emphasis of this will be uh, the tactics uh, that we are taking to improve the quality of life in our neighborhoods for everyone in our city. And again, that's on Tuesday, August 11th. And usually you start those right around 530, right? 530, yes, sir. On the Facebook page, so be sure to check that out. Uh, Census 2020, when is the deadline and how are we doing as a city or even as a county and what we're doing with our census? So the city of Rockford's doing okay. Uh, we are above national average and one or two points below the state average. Um, I would say this. It, it literally will take, well, I'll just use myself as an example, Steve. It took myself six minutes to complete the census, and I have a family of four. And so you can go to my2020census.gov to complete your census, and it'll take you five, six, seven minutes at most. And this is critical for our city. And so it's critical for two reasons. One is representation. Your congressional representatives are determined by your census. Uh, the second, and we know for a fact right now we're going to lose one congressional rep within the state of Illinois at this census already. We have a potential to lose a second. Uh, the second reason that this is important outside of representation for citizens is it. Completing the census brings in more money to your community. And this isn't something self-serving for the city. This is uh, really needed to serve our citizens. So for every person who completes the census, we get about $1,560. And that stays consistent for 10 years. So that's $15,600 that we get per person to provide critical core services uh, for our citizens. Now, let's say Steve does not complete a census but needs services from the city of Rockford. Steve, we then need to provide you services for 10 years, potentially, without any revenue uh, to assist us. So it is critical that we uh, make sure that every single person completes a census. It takes five, six, seven minutes at most, and you can complete it at my2020census.gov. And they have extended the final date to a date in October, but now is the day to complete the census. That's a great example, and I did fill out my census, just so you know. Uh, it took me about three minutes because I didn't have to list off a bunch of kids, uh, but it does awesome. count. It really does count. It does, and it, I mean, I'm not going to advocate for this, Steve, but if you ever want to, you know, just continue to keep keep filling it out and say that, you you know, there's 25 Steves that live here, that's great, too. I'm joking. Uh, My2020census.gov, and again, five or six minutes every 10 years. I think that's a pretty good investment for $15,000. I would say so. Well, I don't think I'd ever see a deal like that anywhere, so... <laughs> Um, anything else you'd like to uh, touch on this week since um, I, there's always something in the hop or something you're working on or a secret or two that you haven't told us yet? There's got to be something going on. So uh, one thing that we touched on very briefly last week is the Family Peace Center. We are facing unprecedented times across the country and here locally, if it's the civil unrest, if it is uh, the 
COVID-19 pandemic, if it's the economic uh, crunch that all of us are facing and huge numbers uh, and historic numbers of unemployed citizens, all of these things have the potential to lead to increases in domestic violence. I just want to make sure that everyone is aware that we have started the Family Peace Center. We are seeing clients. We actually took our very first phone call Monday at 8.02 a.m., and we are here to serve anyone who uh, is experiencing domestic violence. And we want to be here for you. We believe you, and we want to wrap our arms around you and make sure that you get the services you need and deserve. Very great. So be sure to follow the City of Rockford on Facebook. You'll be on top of all the activities and city town meetings and virtual town meetings. And uh, you also find out some cool stuff like the Frank Lloyd Wright home being in a uh, national publication, the Smithsonian Magazine. That is so cool. It is awesome. We have so many treasures that are natural and physical in our community. And when you just talk to someone and you say, hey, we have a Frank Lloyd Wright uh, home, uh, we have Anderson Japanese Gardens, internationally known. We have Burpee Museum, internationally known, a uh, nationally known art museum, a uh, nationally ranked children's museum. Uh, we have 120 parks, 40 forest preserves. We have great assets right here in Rockford. Uh, that we should all be very proud of. I just love the fact you rattle all that off your brain without any kind of cheat sheets. I love that. I even had to cut some out. So, <laughs> And we're not just known as the city, the home of Cheap Trick, which is good, too, but there's a lot of other things, too. Very, very good to be the home of Cheap Trick. They're wonderful <laughs> people and have done great things in our community. Uh, one last quick question as it just popped in my mind. Any word on any kind of... Uh, construction for the casino. I know a lot of people are driving by I-90 and East State and are going, when's this ever going to start? Yeah, well, hopefully they're growing as frustrated as I am with the process. So we completed our process within the allocated 120 days, and then the state uh, Illinois Gaming Board has 12 months to complete that. Those 12 months come up in October. Uh, My understanding is that they are moving forward with uh, the applications. I really have no concerns that ours will move forward. We have a tremendous internationally known brand uh, in Hard Rock. We have great investors both locally and nationally in it. I have no concerns over it, uh, but it is frustrating. So the last date we'll know is in October, but I am hopeful that we'll begin to start to hear some stuff uh, late August. Excellent news. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Uh, have a great week and weekend, and we'll talk soon. Hey, make sure you enjoy your vacation. It's most well deserved. <laughs> Thank you so much. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara on This Week in the State Line. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line, or subscribe to the podcast at rockfordradio.com. This Week in the State Line is produced by Midwest Family Illinois.